0: A quick note before we get started. Did you know we have an email list? Go to hpleadershippodcast.com and enter your email into the form at the bottom left to sign up. Get our PDF on common obstacles and teamwork sent right to your inbox. Subscribers get first listens on new shows and exclusive content. Sign up today, hpleadershippodcast.com. On episode 44 of the High Performance Leadership Podcast, Finding Purpose. How do
1: we run this and make it sustainable so that people we're trying to help, the things that we're trying to do, are not reliant on other people's gracious heart to give? We want them to be self-sustainable. And I believe for-profits need to really look at what they do and how they can make a difference. And just peeling off part of their profit and throwing it at causes isn't enough anymore.
0: You're listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Insights and information from world-class leadership experts. Thanks for joining us. I'm Randy Lane. On today's podcast, Chip and I discuss the origins of our new Champions Leadership Program. Chip talks about how he got the idea, and we discuss why he believes the Champions Program is the future of leadership and community development. right, Chip, welcome back to the studio. Thank you. So you've had a lot on your mind recently around social good and entrepreneurship and stuff. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? You know, truthfully, what
1: happened about three years ago, if I was to really kind of go back and tell the brief story, I was asked to sit on the board of a bank here in town. And so in doing that, part of the responsibility is kind of looking at everything in the bank. And one of the other responsibilities is, you know, where are we spending our money and marketing and different things? And we decided... Through the bank, that they were going to invest their money advertising wise, not necessarily in promoting themselves and how great they are and how wonderful they are, like a lot of organizations do when they invest their money. It was around what can we do through our advertising and marketing efforts to really promote all the great things that are going on in our community, specifically the community based organizations, the nonprofits that are here, the good that they're doing. So we kind of repositioned the the advertising campaign away from we have great rates, we have great people, we have great locations, come visit us. To here are some incredibly great things that are going on in our community <laughs> by these great nonprofit organizations, these community based organizations, and we want to lift them up in mm-hmm. a sense and you know, sponsored by us. But what's really about putting them up there and it that. Over the last three years is really what has caused me to focus on what is the responsibility of leadership, whether it's in a for-profit or a community-based organization, uh, you know, in a nonprofit role, what is the responsibility of a leader? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we teach all the time the three levels of personal leadership, team leadership, and then organizational leadership. Well, what does the org- organization stand for and what does the leader do to drive that message that culture and so started doing research started looking at more organizations that do it and, and started learning you know about this um, matter of fact even the IRS has created a new tax incentive for almost a hybrid of for-profit nonprofits together I don't think many organizations have taken advantage of it yet but they They created it because of this shared value concept, the shared uh, purpose where you take a for-profit organization that takes the profit of what they do to make a difference in the world and the profit for purpose concept. And the more I studied it, the more I liked it. And so over the last three years, we've really been investigating how it's done, what it looks like and what we can do to really kind of, you know, make an impact in the community in which we live.
0: Do you feel like there's a disconnect between, you know, in a community, the for-profit and the non-profits, they seem to kind of operate independently.
1: Part of it has to do with the type of leadership that they, you know, they attract. So when you think of the people that go into the business world, the for-profit world, they're raised up, educated, trained, I guess that you would say, in a mindset of profit and in accountability and also efficiencies and all these different components because, the organizations that they work for they're responsible for producing a result a profit mm-hmm. where a nonprofit leader comes out of the social sector maybe went to college for that or has a heart for that a passion for that and so they're not driven necessarily by a lot of business acumen and maybe not that oh, that driving force for profit they're focused on a mission on a, mm-hmm. a you know fixing a problem in the world and and so there's a natural rub between how do I focus on providing something of value in the community in which we live in or the world? You know, how do we fix this major problem and have a heart for, you know, and compassion for helping and also at the same time run this nonprofit or community-based organization like a business. Right. And that gap is where you see two different leadership styles, even though they may, there's some blending there between the two. Those are, probably the most obvious differences between the two.
0: So why do you think it is? it works out that way that kind of the for-profits are always going after the profit and uh, expanding their business but the nonprofit leaders are just trying to it's almost like a dirty word like oh we don't want to be too successful we want we want to do our thing but we don't want to be seen as we're you know we're trying to get more money for our cause
1: they want more money because they want to help more people or they want to fix a bigger problem whatever it might mm-hmm. be they the problem is the way we grade community-based organizations I believe is percentage of how much money they raise or receive versus how much they're spending on the deliverable versus how much overhead it takes to do that. So they're graded on a percentage. So an example would be if you handed me a dollar and I'm in charge of a nonprofit, you hand me a dollar and that's your money that you're donating to my cause uh, that I'm in charge of, you might ask a question of how much of my dollar goes to Fix the problem versus how much of my dollar goes to pay for salaries and rent and utilities and right. all of that kind of stuff. So they always
0: want that to be real small,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. So we're measuring the wrong things, in my opinion. When a for profit world donates money, but they say, I want to know that the majority of my money is going to the end user. So if it's to help children or uh, animals or cure cancer or whatever that might be, they want to know that the majority of the money is going to fix the problem, not necessarily to run the organization.
0: But you have to have the people there to make it run in the first place, right?
1: Yes, but they're not graded like a for-profit is. A for-profit's graded on profitability. So, you know, how much money are we making minus the expenses that it takes to make that money, what's left over is our EBITDA or net profit in a nonprofit world, they're, they're not rewarded for saving all kinds of money. They're not rewarded for that. They're rewarded for how much are we putting towards fixing this problem? How much progress are we making? And unfortunately, one of the grading systems is they're, you know how much money is it taking to run the organization versus fix or provide services for the people that we're trying to help. So
0: from an outsider perspective, it sounds like you're kind of Hamstringing the nonprofits if they have to operate in that mindset.
1: They do to some extent, but you know we're much as given, much as expected, and there's some accountability. So if right. if you receive government funding, if you receive private donations, if you receive money from a foundation, whatever it might be, you know of course they want to know what we're giving you money what. What do you plan to spend it on and how is it going to make the biggest impact possible for the money that's being given? What I have learned over the last three years and and something that we're starting here inside of our organization that I'm really excited about is a process of helping educate nonprofit and community-based leaders that are passionate about what they're doing. How do we partner them up with for-profit leaders? put them through a leadership development program together where the for-profits pay for the program, which they need, and we do a matching scholarship where the nonprofit leader gets to come in and partner with them free of charge so it doesn't come out of their budget, they don't have to worry about the funding side of it, and they go through it and we teach them principles of sustainability. We teach them principles of that the for-profit leaders are being taught in terms of you know, how to run an organization. We're going to try and blend the nonprofit world and the for-profit world together uh, through a a social entrepreneurial exercise uh, experiment in a sense. We've been doing it for the last three years and it's worked remarkably. So now we're wanting to take it kind of nationwide. But what we're really focusing on is trying to help these, you know, community-based organizations, these leaders to develop a plan to become Mm self-sustaining. And self-sustainment would fix, in a sense, or offset some of the stuff that we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, A simple example, and they're not self-sustaining, but it's a model that makes sense, is something like the Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. So the Girl Scouts have a product. It's cookies. Great cookies. Yeah, great cookies. Everybody (laughs) knows it. And they market those cookies. They Mm have, you know stands set up everywhere. I mean, I I have friends that are upset. They can't find the certain (laughs) cookies they want. They're always sold out of Thin Mints or whatever the case might be. So that is a for-profit strategy to fund a nonprofit goal, right? right? So how do we take that concept and teach our local-based community, nonprofits, these leaders to not count on government funding or private donations or their once a year big event that they put on that provides the majority of their funding, how do we get them out of that mindset or at least offset it somehow to say, how can we help you create something that that helps promote a self-sustainment process like a for-profit would, but that profit is going to a purpose. And that purpose is what, you know, the problem in the world you're trying to fix or in our community. And that's I believe long-term self-sustainment is the key for any community-based organization.
0: I also feel like nonprofits don't have the budget usually to invest in their, their leadership and how efficiently their company is running. And if you can even just fix a small percentage of your company, uh, enhance the leadership or change the organization a little bit, you're going to save a lot of money. And if you're already dealing with a very small Budget because you're trying to put as much as you can towards your cause. It seems like you're going to be a better steward of the money that's given to you. Absolutely.
1: You know, three years ago when I started this process, you know, a local bank, the the bank that I sit on the board of, we really put this program together and we said, okay, this is really going to be a you know two prong approach. We're going to provide an outlet to promote these nonprofits. So we partnered, we work with Baylor University and. The community-based organizations apply on our website, and we pick six winners every year. Uh, these nonprofits, and they, we get them on TV, we get them on the radio. They get an award at the uh, during one of the home football games in front of fifty thousand people, and myself and and the president of the bank, we go out on the field and we we uh, present the award. We do a tailgate in their honor and and so in the fall what we call the fall season which is football season they get all kinds of PR and recognition uh, and we create a promotional video for them and it goes up on the big Trinitron screen you know when they get the award during the third quarter it's glorious yeah it's wonderful <laughs> and then we have a big social media campaign and so we're constantly doing that and then when we call our spring semester we we take them through organizational development so I go and we have a seminar format where we bring in these nonprofit leaders and their board of directors and their key staff. And, and we take them through five months worth of leadership development, kind of half day sessions. What we've learned now that's our third season, we're coming to a, uh, we have another three months left, but we'll come to the conclusion is I have these leaders come up to me right after these sessions. And we have, we have community-based leaders that have been coming for all three years now. They, they've yes. been through the same sessions for three years now. And they all share the same thing with me. And that is, they come up and they say, Chip, this is incredible. Man, this is wonderful stuff. And we talk about strategic planning. We talk about, you know, building a high-performing team. We talk about trust and emotional intelligence and the, some of the stuff that, you know, really core great leadership development principles. The problem that they come up after the end of the session is they say, this is great. But by the time I get back to my office the chaos will in, you know, sets right back in emails are coming fires are set on, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And so it's not the knowledge that we struggle with. We'd love coming and listening to this and we love the development side. We're just struggling executing. We're struggling finding the right people in the right mindset to say, okay, let's slow down for a second. Let's start executing on the stuff that we're learning from chip. How do we, how do we execute? And what I've found is is that the reason why they're not executing is because knowledge isn't enough. They have to be able to take the knowledge and put it into a real-life scenario, which requires someone helping them execute in, in more of a small group coaching consulting format to where we can help them look through what the gap is, what the plan is to fix it, and then keep them accountable, and coach them, and mentor them, and their team, and and their volunteers, and all the complexity that goes with it, to help them really modify and change behavior, and modify and change systems and structure and process, so that they can execute more effectively.
0: To use an analogy of a well-known nonprofit or a charity, going to AA if you're an alcoholic, mm-hmm. it's not a one-time thing. No, you don't go listen to a lecture and you're cured. Right, you have to go, you have to share, you have to meet with other people and be accountable and in the same way, if you really want to be serious about the leadership of your nonprofit, it's something you have to work at.
1: Leadership is about leading people and r- with relationships and understanding human behavior, but also on the organizational side as a leader, you're responsible for the vision, the mission, the purpose. Where are we headed? What are we doing and why? How do I motivate and rally people behind me? How do I get them to see what I see and get as passionate as I am about it? But then, you know, that side of it, especially in the nonprofit world, they the leader's can be good at that because they're passionate about what the cause is where they, the gap is, is, you know, how do I write up performance reviews? How do I create the right structure to keep people accountable? How do I get, you know, to understand how do I create a sustainability program so that I'm not stressed about money all the time. And when I see government funding being cut or when my largest donor You know, as an organization that just sold to a different organization, what's that going to mean to us? And all these different complexities, that's what keeps them up at night. That's what they stress over. They love what they do for their mission. Mm -hmm. They struggle with how do I run this like a business when that's not my natural instinct is to run it
0: like a business. And when they're dealing with all the stuff that they have to take care of. It'd be really good to have a partner to kind of talk to about that and to work with, especially somebody who's not directly related to your nonprofit.
1: Sure. And that industry, meaning the community based organization industry has always kind of leaned on their board of directors. They say, okay, we'll bring in a board, Mm -hmm. and that board, you know, these are business people and leaders in the community and so on and so forth. We'll rely on them to help us with our business acumen and also with donations and funding and so on and so forth. And what they find is some boards, you know, it's a blanket statement, some boards are very actively involved, and they they do help quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then other boards are not so much and you got everything in between. And it's what I'm finding. It's the smaller community-based organizations that do a lot of great work are the ones that struggle the most because they're somewhat in chaos. I was explaining to somebody the other day, it's like having an uncle Larry, we'll call him Larry. So uncle Larry always is in somewhat panic mode of he needs to pay his bills and he's short on money you know short on rent money this month Mm -hmm. and he he's kind of struggling he's a great guy you love him to death he would do anything for you, give you the shirt off his back. The problem is that that's the only shirt he has because he doesn't handle his money very well and he's always in reaction mode and his life is somewhat in chaos. And so on the outside, you can look at this Uncle Larry and say, look, I can help you, but we need to slow down for a bit. We need to teach you how to put a system in place, teach you how to put a structure in place. Let's create some parameters. I need to coach you and work with you. And through that, let's get you back to being self-sustainable. Otherwise Uncle Larry's going to keep coming to the well asking to borrow money or the car or something all the time because we haven't taught him how to be self-sustainable and then kept him accountable to that self-sustaining model that he so desperately needs to create less chaos and get on with you know being a productive citizen so
0: you know a lot of directors and boards of directors are busy people it's just one of the many things that they're doing absolutely and while they have a lot of stuff to give to their nonprofit, I think all of them would probably say, Hey, if we could help these people that are running your community based organization, increase their leadership abilities, increase their efficiency, do you think that would be a valuable thing for you guys? They would say, Oh yeah.
1: Oh absolutely. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are being hit up all the time for donations, which, you know, it's part comes with the territory, and they want to give. It's not it's not that they have this underlying reason that they just want to get out of giving money to worthy causes, they're like anybody else. They want to make sure that the money that they are investing in these community-based organizations are being used the best that they can be. And that's why a lot of nonprofits are being graded on how much money is going to the cause versus overhead. And what we know is that it isn't the leaders that run these nonprofits that want to be held at a level that um, doesn't make sense, they want to do the right thing. They just need a little closer, tighter coaching, mentoring program to kind of help them see through both lenses, the, the social good side and also the, you know, how do we become self-sustaining and, and profitable, even though profit in the word in the nonprofit world, doesn't make sense, but they do. They need to they need to be profitable. They need to run an efficient organization so that's sustainable long term. And if they do that, then the people that do donate will say, wow, this is this organization is run very effectively. I feel good about where I'm investing or donating my money, and I don't have to micromanage it as much and wonder how much is going to the cause and how much is going to overhead, because I can tell it's being run very effectively.
0: It's like uh, the parable in the Bible of the man who gives his servants a certain amount of talents, and one has a larger return on them. I'm sure if I'm a director or a donor, and I hear from the leadership at my nonprofit Hey, we found a way to get a dollar fifty value out of a dollar oh wow i mean uh, i'm like hey that's that's better for everybody isn't that's that?
1: right business leaders love to hear it everybody loves to hear that and that's really what we're trying to drive towards so recently, you know here we we have partners all over the world, as you know, and so I've been having this conversation more and more with our our strategic partners that are out there because they see all the stuff I've been doing here in our community with the nonprofits. And so I'm giving awards away at at different events. Uh, Just this past week, I gave an award away to a nonprofit that helps individuals that are in nursing homes that have been left alone, and then also kids with special needs. And it it
0: was a picture on our Facebook page, by the way.
1: Yeah. And so there was a, we had about 25 people out in the middle of the basketball court. Yeah. Yeah, We had about 25 people out in the middle of the basketball court. Uh, It was Baylor against West Virginia. And so we give an award away and this is, it's an incredibly great cause and they're great people and they're pouring all of their energy into this mission that they feel they've been called to, to work on. And the business acumen side of it is where they tend to struggle some because that's not where they want to spend their time. They, they're they forced to kind of spend their time there. So in doing this and, and having pictures on the Facebook page and giving awards away and doing it for three years now, a lot of these partners are calling saying, Chip, what are you doing? What What is this and how do we get involved with it? And so I, I kind of had to put a little framework together, and it's really based on three main pillars. The first is promotion of the, the great things that are going on in the community. So we started calling on organizations, companies, and saying, would you be interested in taking some or part of or your advertising budget and moving it away from the traditional advertising that you've been doing, newspaper, print, whatever it might be, and you know help support and promote all the great work that's going on in our community. Would you be willing to do that? And a lot of organizations are saying, absolutely. We'd love to do that. We think it's a great idea. Matter of fact, we work, you know, our employees or myself donate a lot of time in these organizations. Let's promote them. Oh, yeah. And then the second pillar, and it couples with the conversation we're having with them, is the business is saying the second thing we want to do is we want to teach these nonprofit leaders, the emerging ones that, are, ones that are new in the organization or maybe even their senior group, you know, leadership development skills that the for-profit world takes for granted that the nonprofit world doesn't necessarily get. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing it for three years now. And I'm telling you, they're hungry for it. They love it. They're very appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. And so we're asking the, the profit leaders, would you spend some of your money to promote advertising money to promote a nonprofit? And second of all, what are you doing to develop your own leaders? And would you consider putting one of y- one or multiple of your leadership staff into a program where we're setting up a match program. So if you will put one of your employees into our leadership development program, and we charge $500 a month for the entire program per leader. If you will put them into the program, we do a 100% match scholarship for a nonprofit leader to be a part of the program.
0: I would think also, you hear more and more, of the millennials or the upcoming generation, they really want a sense of purpose for where they're working. And if they don't feel that they end up leaving companies. Oh yeah. So this could be a really good way. If you have a bunch of upcoming leaders in your organization that are doing good work, you want to keep them around, but you need to keep them interested. You need to give them some purpose. This could be a great way to give them some of that.
1: Well, what happens is, is you take, you know, this, this organization that maybe's on the bubble of doing leadership development. They've done it in the past. Maybe they've taken a break. Now they want to do it again or possibly, this gives them something that's tangible. It, it, it makes a difference in the community. They know they need to develop their leaders. But what we have learned over the last three years of doing it, even a step further, the uniqueness is these leaders in the organization now can practice their skills in a safe environment through our seminars once a month, also in their small groups, or what we call mastermind groups, where we match seven for-profit leaders with seven nonprofit leaders, and we put them into mastermind groups of 14, 14 individuals. And in and they meet once a month as well. So they have the the seminar once a month where we introduce principals, and, then, and everybody can come to that. And then in the small mastermind groups, we continue to reinforce those skills, and we do some coaching and mentoring, but we really dig down into the specific issues that the community-based organizations and the for-profits are you know, what issues are going on inside of your organization? What can we do to fix those things and communication, trust, emotional intelligence, strategy work, all those things. Mm-hmm. But then what we do on the third pillar in this program, so we have promotion of of the program through lifting up the nonprofits or being a champion for them. Number one. Number two is the leadership development program that is a scholarship for the nonprofit leader. So a for-profit puts a a leader in the program at 500 a month, they get to choose or we will have, you know, we have a list of nonprofit leaders waiting to get into the program. If they don't have one that they want to choose, we have
0: some in the queue waiting. It's like buying Tom's shoes. You buy one pair and you get an, a yeah, second pair, second pair for, for free, someone
1: who needs it, who needs it. That's right. So we have a match program. So for profit, puts someone into the program, nonprofit leader gets it, their scholarship paid for because of it. And then the third pillar is sustainability and that's really the critical component of what we're trying to work on here and so in these smaller groups the mastermind groups they have to work on over the year they have to work on how can we help create stronger leaders in the organization focused on sustainability how do we get out of relying solely on donations or or the traditional model of how we get funded as a community-based organization, and how can we create some strong sustainability? And we know that comes from leadership. Leadership affects every aspect of organizations, every aspect. And so that's really kind of the focus. And there's been studies out there on what's called the 70-20-10 model, which is how do, we, how do adults learn, what's really critical for them. And then 70-20-10, it's 10% is the introduction of concepts. So that's our seminar. Mm -hmm. Once a month, everybody gets together. We introduce a concept. The concept could be communication or trust or emotional intelligence, team development, uh, strategy work, those kind of things. We introduce it in a format where everybody understands and creates a common language. Right. The 20% is, okay, now we put you in a small mastermind group. And through space repetition and practice, and, and really digging down and understanding it, not just conceptually, but understanding it in a smaller group, that's the 20%. 70% is the experiential learning side of taking what you're introduced to and you've practiced, now you got to apply it, you got to use it. And so, in this format, when we take for profit, nonprofit leaders, put them in a group of seven and seven, so we're at 14 sustainability is that action item. That 70% is, okay, you're learning how to be a leader. Now let's apply it and let's apply it for good. Let's figure out a way to help these community-based organizations provide a sustainability plan that if funding changes drastically, it doesn't hurt us or the organization.
0: You see it everywhere. I feel like I'm seeing it a lot here in Waco, this pride in your community. Like everyone wants to be proud of where they're from Mm -hmm. and great companies and great nonprofits are two huge components of a great community. And I feel like sometimes they're just so divided. But like, if we can get them together, it can benefit everybody. I mean, I'm thinking from the perspective of, you know, the bank we work here with here in Waco, it makes sense if you work with nonprofits that are going to make the community better, then more businesses are going to come here. Those businesses are going to need loans to open up their stores. They're going to hear about how great this the city is. They want to be here, right? So it's it all works together.
1: It does. And I believe the traditional model, we talk about traditional versus high performance all the time. The traditional model was the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. So the people that have take care of the people that have not and it was classified as a charity a charity means i you know can't take care of myself i i need a handout mm-hmm. the Economics have changed, in my opinion, and the, the thinking has changed that a nonprofit should be a tax status, not necessarily a, a class system in a sense, and that a nonprofit should work hand in hand in partnership with for-profits to figure out just a for-profit has to be self-sustaining. I believe a community-based organization can be self-sustaining as well, and both have a role in the community in which both live in. And they do go hand in hand and business needs community based organizations to thrive and vice versa. The community based organizations need the for profits to thrive and the businesses to thrive. So they do go hand in hand and they do sit at the same table, not a square table with a head, but a round table where everybody works together and is equal. So, you know, we've done it here for three years. It's been great. We're going to be doing it for many more years. Uh, next month, we actually have some partners coming in from all over the country, actually international partners as well, and we're starting to open up chapters and introduce this concept because it can work. It, it's already worked, and everybody—if you—if you look at the three pillars kind of as a triangle—everybody wins in every single component of it. The promotion, meaning getting for profits, to kind of switch their advertising budget uh, or a portion of it to promote. And champion all the great work that's going on. The business wins, the community-based organization wins, and we win. You know, for bringing it to the table and partnering and, and facilitating it, we get recognition as a helping this cause as well. So everybody wins on the promotion side. On the leadership side, the second piece of the triangle, absolutely everybody wins there. The for-profit should be investing in leadership development. If they're not already, they should be doing it regardless. We all know statistically organizations have to develop the next generation of leaders and get their existing leaders to thrive. By putting them into a program, which ours is extremely cost-effective and and our curriculum is incredible, they're also helping the nonprofit leaders which because it's a scholarship match. So the nonprofit leaders win, the for-profits win, and our partners win as well because this is what we do for a living is develop leaders inside of organizations on personal, team, and organizational. So it's the same model for us as well. So we win that way. And then in terms of the third piece is sustainability, everybody wins if all organizations are sustainable. So the for profits are sustainable, the nonprofits become sustainable, and us as partners, we become even more sustainable because we're into integral in putting this whole program together and continuing to build leaders. So when you look at the entire program, everyone wins, everyone benefits. The biggest winner is
0: the community. So I've known you for a while here, Chip, and actually since I started here with the company, you were involved in this kind of a program. And I always saw that sort of passion for that kind of work with you. But recently I saw a renewed passion. You really like doubled down on this after the situation with your dad. I think it'd be really powerful if you could share like how that affected you and made you start thinking this direction.
1: Yeah. Well, for those that you know, if, anybody, if this is the only podcast you've listened to, you wouldn't know, but my parents have been missionaries for 20 years, and uh, they live in the States, but they've been missionaries for uh, an organization that's in southern India, Kormator, India to be exact, which is a poor village in the southern part of India, and what they do is they raise money and they build wells um, and churches, but the primary thing that they do is they support an orphanage, In India, and they have for 20 years. And there's a class system in India, and if you're an orphan, that's not a, you know, a great class to be in. So they they really need a lot of help, and and so my parents have over the years have taught the women and the men there to be able to become a little more self sustaining. So there's actually a couple of bakeries now that they have and they own and they and they run. Uh, They called them Linda. Bakeries. That's my mom after my mom. And so they, they're helping them be self-sustainable that way. Of course, my dad still continues to raise money. But just a month ago, my parents were on their regular trip, and they take other people with them. They were in South India, and they were at the orphanage. And my dad um, fell, and he hit his ribs and uh, couldn't breathe very well. Went for about a day, and it got worse and worse and worse. They admitted him into the hospital. And a long story short, I get a call from my mom crying, basically say goodbye to your dad. They've told us he's dying and, and, uh, he has congenitive heart failure. And so here's some of the reasons, and there's a lot of backstory to it, but basically it was a very, very hard conversation to have. I'm in the States, my mom and dad are in India. My dad's dying. My mom can't get him back. I got to say my goodbyes over the phone. The, And it's a heart-wrenching two-day experience where my dad seems to come in and out of consciousness. He seemed to be a little bit better every time he comes out of consciousness. And, you know, that's the last time I may ever talk to him kind of deal. And by God's grace, he slowly, slowly started getting a little bit better and a little bit better. And so my mom said, all right, we got to figure out a way, you know, let's get you back to the States at least. And, again, shrink the story down. They made it all the way back. I flew up to Iowa where they're at. I met him at the hospital, you know, at the airport, put him in an ambulance, took him straight to the hospital. And, um, he just, you know, God's not done with him, I guess. So he keeps getting stronger and he's still alive today. Well, in the conversation a couple weeks ago when I was up there, you know, my dad's not going back now, you know, for 20 years, he's had a passion and a heart to work with great people in, in India. And, and he's come to the realization that, you know, my health is at a point. I've done 20 years of it. I can't continue to do this. Uh, The cause will go on. I just may not be able to do what I've done in the past. And he's worried, rightfully so, and nervous, is how do, what happens if I can't help? What happens if I can't continue to give? Mm -hmm. How do I make sure that the leaders that are in charge when I'm not here are strong enough leaders to keep this going? How do I promote this enough that other people get involved Because my my energy is running out. How do I get other people passionate? I get other people involved in it. And how do we help them become self-sustaining so that if, for whatever reason, the funding does dry up from the states, that they can continue to take care of the orphanage, continue to provide the services they do. And, you know, spending a couple of days with my dad up in Iowa, and uh, I'm going to be again with him next week as well, looking at, okay, What is my responsibility on this earth? Is it just to make money? Is it just profit driven? Mm -hmm. Or is my responsibility, all of our responsibilities, frankly, every single person on this planet to not just be a taker, but be a giver as well and understand what is our role in that? How do we give back? How do we help create the planet that we walk on, you know, make it better for everybody? And we can't fix all problems. I mean, we weren't designed to fix every single problem that there is. The question is, what problem can we help with? What is our skill set? What is our talent? And how do we put that to work?
0: I thought it was, you were, we were in your office when all this was going on and he was getting better. And you were telling us that they were so well known in this little city that like everybody in the city was out praying and they were out and they wanted, they were really concerned about him. And you were like, man, the impact he's made is crazy. And You know, it makes you look at yourself. And, you know, if you're in a a for profit company, you just want to say the work that you do is very important, I'm sure. But, like, think about your legacy, think about the impact you can have in the lives of people. And if you're not making the impact you want to make, maybe there's ways to find that impact.
1: Yeah. And what we know, it's been a lifelong lesson for all of us that the traditional way of thinking is, I'm going to quit my job and go into the nonprofit world full time and and fly back and forth to India and and take over my dad's mission and, you know, make sure that these kids are taken care of. And that's one way to think. Or the other way to think is, you know what I'll do is I'll just continue to make a lot of money in my own for-profit organization. I'll donate money to my dad's cause or whoever else takes it on after that. And through me making a lot of money, I can donate. And I want to make sure that 90% of it goes to the kids and only 10% flying back and forth, you know, so Mm -hmm. I, I, in that mindset the the, the mindset today is you don't have to quit your job to do this and you don't have to make a ton of money to donate, to do it. It isn't an and or situation here. What it is, is can I do something in my for-profit organization that provides something good in the community in which I live in or the world in which I live in and can I promote that cause? Can I develop those leaders? And can I help them become self-sustaining? Mm-hmm. Not keep them reliant on donations or others to help them. I want them to think of the mindset of, if, if tomorrow the funding stopped, how can we continue to do the great work that we're doing? Help them start their
0: Linda Bakeries.
1: That's right. <laughs> Whatever it is, right. Linda Bakeries, uh, it's got to be, how do we run this And make it sustainable so that the people we're trying to help, the things that we're trying to do, are not reliant on other people's gracious heart to give. We want them to be self-sustainable. And I believe for-profits need to really look at what they do and how they can make a difference. And just peeling off part of their profit and throwing it at causes isn't enough anymore. I, I really don't think it is. I think that all of us have a responsibility. And, you know, this isn't group hugs and kumbaya and all that good stuff. It's really not. If anybody that knows me knows that that's not the the sole driving factor is that I, you know, almost lost my dad. So now today I've decided to give up profit and live out of a Volkswagen van. And, you know, (laughs) that's not what this is about. What it's about is, is how can we take the organizations that we're in charge of and do something good in the world with them? And continue to do what we do. And at 360, we we focus on leaders, uh, developing leaders, developing teams, developing organizations. How can we put that to work? How do we make something beneficial out of the work that I've done for 20 plus years and I know our partners have done for 20 plus years?
0: So if I'm at home or in my car or wherever listening to this right now and thinking, man, that's a really cool, very interesting thing. How do I do that where I am? Is there a way for people to do that?
1: Yeah, there's multiple ways to get involved. One is if you are a leader of an organization and you say, you know what, I want to put many people in a program and I'm willing to even reconsider where I'm spending my marketing dollars to promote my organization. Yeah, I'd love to talk to somebody about, you know, putting my people into a program like this to develop my leaders, to help teach sustainability principles to our community leaders, and also even spend some of my advertising dollars promoting these nonprofits or community-based organizations. That's one way. The second way is some people are pulled to say you know what if i can do this for a living i'd love to do this for a living i would love to do this full time help organizations for profit and nonprofits come together build leaders become more profitable create sustainability practices promote uh, all the great work that's going on for profit and nonprofit together i mean the whole thing looks great mm-hmm. and for those that have a heart to do that that's i'd love to talk to you because that's what i do and that's what i've done for 20 plus years that's what our A lot of our current strategic partners are really excited about where we're headed with this deal. And uh, so next month, the 22nd through the 24th of March, we're doing an academy here where I'm introducing all the the curriculum, the process, the how do you get it started? Who do you talk to? You know, basically we're laying out the entire plan that we've done for the last three years. And and so people can come to that. But short of that, just picking up the phone and sending me an email, calling me, whatever, we can kind of lay out the plan. And, and then if you are listening to this and you're a nonprofit leader and you have an organization that would really benefit from this program, again, reach out to me because we have people all over the world um, that are starting this process, that are looking to start this kind of program. Uh, we're calling it the Champions Leadership Program in communities all over the U.S. and the world. If you're a nonprofit leader that's interested in having this program brought to you, call us, email us. We'd love to talk to you. So there's multiple ways you can get involved.
0: So if you're any of those three people, I'm going to put information in the show notes for this episode on how to get in touch with us so that we can um, start you on that journey if that's what you want to do, or if you just want to get some more information, we'd love to talk with you.
1: Yeah. So I can tell you that uh, just making a living is fulfilling, but when you can take making a living and turn it into something that helps the community in which you live in, the leaders, the participant, you know, the people that they're trying to help, you can turn your profit into something that you're passionate about and it helps other people. I'll tell you what, the reward factor uh, goes way up. It, it
0: multiplies tenfold. Thanks for listening to the High Performance Leadership Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. Every little bit helps. Our website is hpleadershippodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. Follow us on Twitter at hpl underscore podcast. And shoot us an email at podcast at 360solutions.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.